Speaking about unity, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about unity tonight, amen? Because uh, I really believe it's a vital force uh, within the kingdom of God. And not only that, within the heart of the bay. And because I know, you know, this is a church that is, is on the move. And a lot of times we can, you know, we can ruffle each other's feathers and we could, you know, get upset with one another or we could think about ourselves. But, you know, I want to let you know tonight that, that in unity, uh, there's power. Amen. There's power in unity tonight. And unity is a magnet that attracts people. You see, when, you know, when we look at the Golden State Warriors of last year, nobody, nobody believed they were going to go all the way. They thought, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They thought uh, the Clippers, amen, um, the uh, Thunder, uh, what are they, Oklahoma Thunder, and a few other teams. They thought, you know, they were more, you know, they had stronger teams. But over the last few years, the Warriors have been building, you know, have been working together. They've been setting aside their own agendas and coming together as a team. And, and, and fulfilling that and becoming a team, they were able to win the championship. Amen. And I believe it was through unity. Iguodala, he could start on any team he wants to. But you know what? Last year and even this year, he said, I'll take the same role again. He's coming off the bench. He's a sixth man, seventh man. He comes in, he don't start. He said, no, I'll sit on the bench. And when it's my turn to come in, I'll bring my best, you know, at that time. And that's what it takes, even in the church. You know, it takes people that are going to say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about my position. I'm not going to worry about recognition. I'm not going to worry about being noticed. I'm not going to worry about me. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to be worry about the team, about us coming together as a team and accomplishing the task that God has for us. You know, I was excited. The last meeting we had, Pastor was, was talking about our unity. You know, when we did the drama over a couple of months, you know, uh, we've seen our church grow. We've seen the momentum because unity breeds momentum. And it attracts people. The unity of the Warriors, that, that stadium sold out every, every, every night, every night that they played. See, but disunity can have the opposite effect that repels and pushes away. And so it's very vital, very important that we learn to grow together. We learn to, to you know, to cheer each other on. Don't get, a, don't get jealous when some, God's using somebody. You know, because, God, I remember, you know, um, you know I, I've been in, this, in Victory Outreach for 22 years, and this, next month is going to be 22 years. And I just remember the spirit of unity that's always been here in the heart. And we can't lose that. Not, not only that, is that, you know what, we got to get better, you know, in the unity. I'm not saying that we're bad. We're good. I, I, you know, I feel the unity in this church. But we got to keep it going. we got to keep growing. It can't, you know, there can't be no division in leadership. can't be no division in the pastors. can't be no division in the gang. can't be no division in the worship team. There can't be no division in, you know, in our marriages. we got to come together as married couples. And you know what? we got to come together so that we can do what God has called us to do. See, unity produces an atmosphere for success. And builds winning teams. But how many know disunity can set that back? Amen. And we don't need that. See, in 1 Samuel 18, 7 is a very familiar portion of Scripture. And it says that Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. But I read a quote the other day that said temptation has killed its thousands. Amen. And it does. Temptation, we get tempted. The church gets tempted. Tempted and little by little, sometimes temptation overtakes people, pulls them out, takes them out. 
but the, this quote says, but this unity has slain its ten thousands. Amen. See, because no one has ever left the church because of God. No one ever says, you know what, I'm not going to that church anymore because God's not, you know, God doesn't talk to me and God, God's mean to me there and God talked about me there. And, you know, no, it's, it's always because, it's always because, you know what, this person said this. That person did me wrong. This person did that. And, and churches have been emptied because of disunity, because of people not being able to, you know, come to a common ground. Look, we're, we're, we're different people. We're all different. We speak different. We look different. We act different. We come from different places. We come from different economic statuses. And you know what? But, how, you know, God puts us together, man. He rightly, you know, puts us together to work together and to become one because there's power in unity. See, God's reputation can and sometimes is ruined because of his children through disunity. Sometimes people like say, man, I ain't going to church. You ever hear somebody try to witness to them and they go, oh, they, you guys are all hypocrites. You got, oh, ow. Uh-huh. I mean, they don't, you know, they're probably hurt at something, but sometimes it could be true. Huh? Mahatma Gandhi said that, you know what, I would have become a Christian were it not for observing Christians. He observed the way that some of them lived their life. And he, he, you know, he just, he said, no, thanks. And some people do that. But how many know that, you know, we got to, we got to come together in unity because the early church, man, when the early church came together in unity, man, it was built by thousands and 3000. They were adding uh, to the church daily because of unity, because they were coming together because they had everything in common. They were putting their finances together. They were putting their meals together. They were praying together. And because of that, the church was added to daily. And I believe that, you know what, as we continue to come together, as we continue to fight for one another, as we continue to, you know what, to build with one another, as we continue to cheer each other on, as we don't get jealous of one another, as we don't, you know, be thinking about our own bones all the time, and we start thinking about others, we're going to see God do great and mighty exploits. I read a story. I read a lot of stories, amen. And I read a story about, you know, uh, this man, he, any, anybody love whales? Any whale lovers here? All right, so you might, you might have heard of this. Well, I read a story about, this, uh, about a scientist that he discovered that whales, blue whales, not any whale, blue whales, blue whales sing the same song at the same time. Blue whales don't talk, but they sing. Amen. And they discovered that in, in different in the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean, that the whales all, they sing the same song at the same time, huh? And have you ever heard that before? I just I just read it and you know the other day and I was like whoa. And not only that, but they change tunes, and they discovered that you know what when they change tunes over here they change in the Pacific they change in the Atlantic, amen. And, and the, the point I'm trying to get is that the man said that, you know what, is it, it's, it's as if there is a, a superpower that's causing them to change, to be in unification like an orchestra at the same time. And, and you know what, they've, they've tracked it through, you know, devices where they can hear sound from underneath, from the water from the, that's on the, 
actually on the whales, and they can hear them. That when they change tune over here, they change tune at the same time across the across the ocean, across the world. Now, I doubt it is said that 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 these whales, that when they sing, their decibels is. They sing at 100, like their, their voices is so loud. The decibels is so loud. It's 188 decibels. And an F-18 fighter jet decibels are around 160. And so these things are loud, and, and they sing, and they, and they move, and it's like something is, you know, is, is, is orchestrating them at the same time. And I believe that, you know what, that, that's God's design. I believe that, you know what, that God desires the church, that he, that he wants the church, the local church, the kingdom, is to, to learn that we're going to come together one day in unity. And we're going to be singing the same tune, singing the same thing, being, you know, and in, 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 in because when we, the day that we do, is that how many know that we're going to turn this world upside down like it's never seen? Many of you have seen, heard an illustration about geese, how they fly together in a V, Right? And that's for victory. Come on, somebody. I just made that up right now. But I read in a, in, in, in a, in a story that a scientist said he pub, published uh, something that there was these different scientists had several, you know, different uh, reasons. And they were all, you know, had, they all had their own reason. They were contradictory possibilities as to why uh, geese fly in a V. And, but I like this one. I picked, you know, there was a few, and so I picked this one. But this man said that, he said, a goose's eyes are set in the sides of its head. Amen. They're kind of more back here, over here. Ours are right in the front. Amen. And they said that it gives the goose a good all-around vision, but it leaves a small blind spot right ahead of them and right behind them. And if a goose were to follow directly behind the one in front of it, it would have to turn its head slightly to see it clearly. And what this would do, well, this would cause the geese to fly in an unnatural style. And because of that unnatural style, that it would reduce its aerodynamic efficiency and the goose, or geese, whatever you want to call them, it, it would... Uh, it would lose energy. It would waste energy. See, and sometimes, see, God, you know, wants us to align ourselves together in unity. You know what? Backing up our pastors, backing up our leaders, you know, leading our families, leading the young people, and, you know, being in, in you know, in unity together. And when we get out of that, how I many know that we, be, you know, we could get in disunity. We could get out of alignment. And you know what ends up happening? I've experienced before. We waste a lot of energy doing nothing. Huh? I want to ask you tonight, are you in line? Are you in the V line? Are you in the victory line tonight? Are you, are you letting God lead you? Are you following the leader? You know, God taught me a long time ago to follow my leaders, follow my pastor, follow, you know what, the man of God that's in front of me. As long as he's not in sin, he's not in doing something and, you know, leading me down, you know, he's not telling me to drink the Kool-Aid and put on the Converse that match, you know, I'm okay. And, and I learned, you got to learn to allow the people that, are, that, are, that want the best for you to speak into your life. And I thank God because uh, Pastor Stevan, he's great at it. He's great at it. He has great discernment. He's close to God. He's close to his leaders. He's learned from the best. 
He has. And you know what? His dad was a great man of God. He was my pastor. And, and you know what? I learned to, you know what, to, to trust in, in what he's telling me. And, uh, you know, we don't always listen. Amen. But, and, then, and when we don't, you know, we find ourselves out of alignment, flapping harder to, to get back in line, wasting energy. You know what? Trying to, trying to recoup and trying to, you know what, get on the straight and narrow. See, there are other advantages also to the geese flying in V formation. For example, experiments have shown that 25 geese flying in a V can travel 70% further than a solo geese. That's a long ways. 70%. Amen. The birds function more efficiently in a group working together and they are able to follow and then, you know, I believe that because of that, I, I was reading a, another article on geese. I was looking at this diagram of the geese, and it said it had the leader, right? It had the assistant leader. And then the, th the, the third geese that was in line, it, it said uh, it, injured geese. He was injured. And so he flew, in, and then there was a one behind him, and it said support, uh, support geese. One to support him just in case he falls behind or he gets, you know, he can't make it. There's... There, you know, there's another one there. They're there to, 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 you know, to push each other. See, I believe that when we come together, we're able to, you know what, to, to notice those that are, that are hurt. Amen. And we can push them along. We can help them along. We can, you know what, help them heal. We can, you know, help them bind up their wounds, help them, you know, we can carry them sometimes. I know mean, sometimes, in, you know, we need to get carried. I don't know about you, but, man, I had to get carried a few times. But praise God. I thank God that, you know what, we have a people like we have here in this church and in our ministry that care enough to carry us and that care enough to, you know what, to pick us up and lead us and guide us. It's the only reason I've been here for 22 years. See, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.19 is that the wisdom of the world is truly foolishness in God's sight. Amen. And we got to learn to listen to the Lord. We gotta learn listen to listen. We gotta learn to listen with an attentive ear to what God is saying to the churches and saying to this church, to the heart of the bay. And I believe God is speaking life into this church. God is speaking fire into this church. God is speaking power into this church. See, humans like geese, we were created to work together and to support one another. When we encourage each other and support our leaders, when they are trying to do the right thing, we can accomplish many and amazing things. Much more than trying to work alone. Because I believe that's God's way. It's God's way. See, Jesus, when, when God sent his son to the earth, he didn't tell him to go do it alone. He could have. He had the power. He could have just... He could have brought down, you know, fire and brimstone and said, submit. Right? But he didn't, man. He came with love and he, and he began to, he got himself a team and he said, you know what? I'm going to teach you guys how to love. I'm going to teach you how to forgive. I'm going to teach you how to, you know what, uh, uh, to, to lead people and how to care and how to, you know what, how to, how, to, how to help people become who I want them to be. See, in John chapter 17, turn there with me. John 17. If you look at John chapter 17, it's at the end 
you know, of his ministry. And we see here that, you know, in, in, in John chapter 17, there's three subheadings. One of them, Jesus prays for himself. Huh? The second one, he prays for his disciples. But the third one here, he begins to pray for those that are going to believe. Huh? He begins to pray for those that are going to believe. And this is what he says in verse, I believe it's verse 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. And when he said this, he's talking about the disciples. He said, you know what, my, this prayer, I'm not praying just for the disciples. He said, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Talking about unity. His prayer was that they would be one. And he said, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Amen. Then the world will know. It says, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you have sent me, talking about the disciples, and I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Amen. And we say, see Jesus here, not only praying for the disciples, but praying for those that will believe. And not only that, like what Jesus says here, he says, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have, have for me may be in them. God continues to display his love to us, even through our, even through our mistakes, even through our, you know what, our, our shortcomings and all these different things. God continues to show himself his love to you and I and to let people know that, you know what, that he loves us, that he really, you know, he really, really loves you and I. And this is what the message that we need to convey to the world and to each other here in the church. And when people see that, when people see what they have done for us, when people see what we have done for one another, people are going to, you know what, they're going to take notice. Amen? Because how many know that outside the doors, it's a doggy dog world? It's a, ter it's a difficult world. Huh? People will, you know what? Well, I won't go there. Well, let's keep it positive tonight. Amen? <laughs> see, the church's greatest power lies in unity. Well, what about prayer? It's not, as it's not as powerful as unified prayer. But what about worship? It's not as powerful as unified worship. What about our giving? What about United We Can? It's not as powerful when we give together to a common cause. Huh? Run for hope. Powerful. We'll give, you, you know what we're giving? Just think, all that money we used to spend on dope. You guys don't hear me. Huh? All that money we used to give to other things, but now God is raising us up and we're putting our finance together for a common cause to reach a hurting world, to reach the inner cities of our, of our, of our cities around the world. Yeah. 
but it takes a unified effort. And we're doing that here. I commend this church. I commend you guys. But you know what? Don't stop. Man, don't let, you know what? Don't let the negative birds, you know, come in and start chirping on your ear. Don't let, you know what, uh, you know, negativity and don't let these different things come into you because we are on the move. We're going somewhere. We're going to fill up this church, but it's going to come through unity. People are going to know as we continue. See, when, when there's unity, man, nothing can stop us. See, the Bible tells us that at the Tower of Babel, absolute unity made nothing impossible to humanity. How much more is this true when God's favor rests on his own people? When God's favor is with us? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. We're going to read this really quick. It says, Then they said, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for our, ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people, in other words, he was saying, these people are together. These people are doing, you know what, what they want to do, they're together. He says, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, he said, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God recognized it. God recognized that, you know what, it wasn't what he wanted, but they wanted to do something. And so he said they came together, and God even noticed. He said, man, if I let them get this done, he said, there ain't going to be no stopping them. And so I believe that, you know what, we're going to see the hand of God move like never before as we put our amens together, as we put our finances together, as we come together for prayer, as we come together, you know what, to to do it out, to, go, to hit the streets as we come together for events, as we come together for our children, as we come together for those, you know, in the streets, we're going to see God doing something great. See, in 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5, it says, as you come to him, the living stones, it says, rejected by man, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And this shows us that, you know what, that God is unifying us. It says God, God is making us a royal priesthood. He says, as we come to him, the living stone, rejected by man, but chosen by God, that we're precious to God. And that, you know what, that we're being built into a spiritual house. But how many know we're all different sizes? We're all different shapes. In other words, God is not looking for uniformity. Amen? But, he's, but, but his stones are unique. How we know we're a unique people? Some translations say peculiar. Amen? See, every member is not the same. But you know what? We're all rightly fitted together by the master craftsman. Amen? You know, David didn't pick up five bricks. Amen. Five bricks, they all look the same. It's all the same shape. Bricks are the same, right? Same color. They look the same. When you build a brick house, they, 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 they all look the same. Amen. But how many know that God had, we're not, we're not bricks. We're stones. Huh? How many know stones come in different sizes, different languages? We come with different lifestyles. We come different and indifferent, but we're different. You know, we're peculiar, all right. I think that scripture was for us when God wrote it. He said, a peculiar people. 
but we are rightly fitted together. Amen. And sometimes while God's fitting us together, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to get a little elbow here, a little elbow there, you know. We're going to get a little patado, you know, with the pata here and there. But how many know that we're, we're, we're one? God has called us, you know, to be together. Just like I, I read the scripture, you know, from my daughter's wedding in Ecclesiastes 4.12 that says that, uh, that uh, uh, a three-strand uh, three cord is not easily broken. Amen? That Saul wrote many years ago. Because it, it, that, that has to do with unity. And that's the concept I, I, you know, you hear it about a marriage all the time, but it's true when, when a husband and a wife are committed with God and they're joined together, man, they, they can do, they can, they can take the world. They, they can, their marriage can last. Their marriage can make it forever. Now, I believe that this is very important to God. It's important to God, see, and, and you know that when God, when he prayed, when he was praying that, you know what, I pray that there will be, that was, that was Jesus' last prayer. Huh? It was his last prayer that, you know what, that we would be unified. That our marriages would be unified. Look, come on, you married couples, man, you got you to be, become one. It's not about you anymore. You ain't single no more. You ain't Rico no more. Huh? And you, you know, you're not J-Lo or Madonna out there no more. You, 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 you. You're a married woman now. You're a married man. And you have, God has called you to become one, to put all your, you know, all your qualities together and, and, and help each other and, and back each other up. But when there's disunity, man, how I many know it gets difficult? We spin our wheels. See, the church has taken some beatings. In the fight of the kingdom. But we know we got the victory. The victory's coming. Amen. It's coming. And you know what? Jesus is coming back. And you know what? We won. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, we're going to get, we're going to take some beatings. But I believe as we come together, as we continue to work, as we continue to become unified, we're going to see more victories than losses. Amen. We're going to win more. We're going to do better. And we're going to become all God wants us to be. See, a child asked God, he said, God, can, he asked his father, he said, can God make a rock so heavy that he can't lift it? And, and the father's response was, yes, he did. He says, and that rock is the will of your life. The only one that can move it is you. God doesn't force his will on us. God allows us to make our own choices. And oftentimes, is that, you know what, God, God can't do what he wants us to do because, you know what, he can't fill the dream team. You remember the dream team? Amen. Back in 1992, Magic, Bird, and, and man, they were, they were bad, right? And they, this was an Olympics. They, 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 they formed a dream team for the Olympics. And do you know that before that, from before 1992, the United States, we used to get whooped in the Olympics in basketball. Huh? We used to get whooped. Russia used to beat us. Spain, you know these different teams, and that's because there was a there was a restriction. There was a there was a, a 
what do you call it, like a law in the Olympic Committee that if a player received any type of money from work or any other thing that they couldn't play in the Olympics. But, um, and, but that was here in the United States. We're, we, we didn't allow it, amen, because we kept them amateurs. But a lot of the, in, in the other countries, what they do, these people, they would just train them up. They didn't have to go to work. They just took care of everything. And they trained them up, you know, all their life. And, they, you know, of course they were good. And we used to get whooped, man, in basketball until 1992 when they took off the limitation that our players, you know what, that they, they, that they could start playing now, no matter whether they were making money in the NBA or not. And from that day on, how many know that we've been whooping? We've been, we've been winning by an average, that they said, of over 43 points a game since that time. We're whooping people. Amen? Hey. You know? But I said that to say this is that I believe that God wants to put his best out there. Amen? But a lot of times because of, you know, our own will and our own, you know what, thinking and that, that we limit ourselves in becoming part of the dream team. Amen? God wants you to be on the dream team. Amen? He wants to do something awesome and powerful in your life. He wants to use you in a way that, you know, you can't even phantom or think about. Amen. You can't even, you know what, man, I, I look at my life, you know, and I, I think about the things that God has done. And like, you know, I've been to South Africa. I, I went to South Africa when they, you know, when South Africa first got started, pa our pastor, Pastor Steve is the one that first went over there. And, you know, you know, he got sick and he passed away. We came back and me and my wife were out pastoring in Tracy. And then Pastor Jose, Pastor Eddie, and the pastors in our region, they said, you know what? We've got to pick up that mantle. You know what happened is that they came together as, as, a, as a region. And they said, you know what? We, I remember us sitting down. We were going to a meeting and say, you know what? Pastor Steve had a dream. And you know what? I believe that, God, that Pastor Steve would want us to pick up that mantle and start running with it and start sending people and start believing God for great and mighty things. That you know what? That just because he's not here, that the dream died. You know what? And you know what we did, we did is that, you know, we got together. We, we prayed about it. We started collecting our finances. I remember our church, man, we were every month we were given an extra you know, I don't know, I don't know how much, but we were given extra money and we started building finances and we started praying about it. We went over there and then, you know what, all of a sudden, boom, it took off. Other people went over there. I remember we just, when I went, we went over there because there was an invasion in Lagos and also in, uh, in, uh, we, went to, we went to Cape Town and we didn't get to go to Lagos, but that's another story. I ain't got time for that. But uh, we went to Cape Town and, you know, man, God... You know, the, 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 the hunger for God over there is like, ne you know, I don't know, I never experienced anything like that in my life. But I thank God for that. Amen. I would still be over here, you know, who knows where I'd be. I probably wouldn't even be alive if it wasn't for God and well, my pastor believing in me and, have, you know, being raised up in a church with that, you know what, that believed in one another, that wanted to see each other do the best, wanted to see each other be launched out around the world. Men had a hunger to, you know what, I'm taking a city. Young people, young girls, you know, uh, couples that were, you know what, giving it all to say, you know what, man, we're going we're gonna to win the world for Jesus. And, 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 and because of that unity, because of that spirit, man, it bred, you know what, there was a flame that was lit 
And we've seen people, you know, and I'm not saying that you guys ain't hungry. I'm just saying that as we come, even, you know, together, as we continue to fight, don't let the enemy get a foothold. Don't let him, you know what, uh, 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 put stumbling blocks in front of you and your brother and your sister. Is because we're going to make mistakes. You're going to blow it. I'm going to blow it. Everybody's going to blow it. Look, there ain't, no, there ain't nobody in here righteous. Not one, the Bible says. We're just doing our best, amen. We're trying to, you know what, live the life that God called us to live. But as we encourage one another, as we live for one another, as we build each other up, amen, we're going to see the hand of the living God continue to move and bless us like never before. How many of you believe that? We even see here, man, I, uh, Paul rebuking the Romans, amen. He said, you who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, it's in Romans 2, 23 and 24. He said, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Paul blamed it on the Jews. He said, man, the reason, you know what, we got a bad name, he says, because of you. And, and how many know we got to become a better example? That's my point. So we get better, man. We start loving people. You know, I, mean, I was at the BART station two days ago. I was waiting for my wife to come and get me. And this guy, man, he was just barely, you know, and I was like, oh, he just got out of the hospital. I, could, I, knew, I know the walk and the, you know, homeboy coming out of the hospital. He, he was like, he was hurting. And, and, you know, I seen under his jacket he had a big old thing of alcohol. And, you know, uh, he told me, he said, I'm homeless. And I said, have you tried Victory Outreach? Huh? I said, God can change your life. And I started talking to him. And he, this man started crying. I started crying. Because <laughs> I seen myself. I remember those days. I remember when I was living in my car. I remember when I was homeless. I remember when I didn't have my wife. I remember when I didn't have my kids. I remember when I lost it all. And I began to cry because I seen myself. I said, oh God, have mercy on me. And I began to pray for this man. And I'm praying, his name's David, pray for him. Pray for him. You know, I pray that God would deliver him, that God would set him free, that he would break the chains of bondage. He's 52 years old. You know, he looks 62. Maybe even 72. He looked, he's beat up. And I said, man, and I gave him a flyer. I gave him our number to the church, to the home. And, and you know what? <laughs> but, man, we got to come together, people. We need to love people. We need to get out there, and we got to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Let's not get comfortable. You know, I thought, man, I, my, my daughter got married, and I was like, oof, it is finished. <laughs> Amen. I said, oh, you know what, I'm going to rest. I hadn't planned. I'm, I'm going to rest all week, man, just get my, you know. And then I got a call, and then pastor said, pastor, pastor wants you to preach. And I was like, oh, I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> I said, Amen. Praise God. Amen. Because God knows what we need. Amen. God knew that, you know what, you need a lot. I need a lot of fire under him now. I need to get him, keep him ready, keep him going. Amen. But I really believe that, you know what, that, go ahead and stand with me tonight. See, we got to learn to follow the will of God. See, because God won't force his will on you. It has to be you. You have to make the decision. And See, you can't blame God. And you know, when, 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 
How many of you ever wrestle with your child? Me, it's now my grandchild. Sometimes I wrestle with them on the floor. But you know, when you, when you wrestle with them, you hold back your strength. Huh? I was wrestling with, uh, with Nevaeh the other day on the, on the rug, and I was just like, ah, you know, just, you know. And, and, and she was hitting me and, you know, messing with me. Well, you know, when, when God wrestled Jacob, God could have slapped him upside his head like, and just, he could have took him out. We wrestle with an angel, right? But because a loving father, God loves us, God just touched his hip just to let him know that, you know what? And we do that to our kids, huh? You know, when your kids get of age, how about when your kids get of age and then they, all right, Pastor Tony, when they come home, they want to box you, huh? When they're 12 or 13 and you got to give them a little pop, 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 and they go, oh, oh, all right, you're still dad, huh? <laughs> you're still dad. Right? Let, come on, that goes for the ladies too. Huh? When your daughter comes and and you know, but but you don't give them the full, you don't give them the full force. Just give them a little, yeah. And you know what we do is that God is that as as parents, we have to weaken ourselves for our children. And see, God wants us to operate in full strength. But sometimes we want to wrestle with God. We want to fight his will. We want to fight what God wants to do in our life. And because of that, you know what? God has to weaken himself because he loves us so we don't get hurt. He'll let us do our own thing, but he kind of like, he has to let up, just like we let up on our kids. But just think when we're in the will of God, when we're doing what God has called us to do, when we're in unity. God is able to release his full strength. God is able to, you know, pour out his power, pour out his anointing, pour out his strength upon our lives so that we can do what God has called us to do. I believe that tonight, that you know what, God is speaking to many of your hearts. And God is saying, you know what, it's time for you to let go. You're trying to hold on. I remember I've been through that. You're trying to hold on to your life. You're afraid to let go and to allow God to call the shots, to allow God to speak into your life, to allow God's leaders to speak into your life. Jesus said, I want you to know my glory, he said, to those that will believe in your message. He was saying in the disciples' message. And, and, and God is using the pastors here. He's using the leaders. He's using Sister Chella. And he's using, you know what, the leadership to speak into your life. But you know what? Sometimes we have to be careful. We have to let up and say, you know, mija, mijo, it's okay, come on. You know? Because you're not ready to release, you know, your life. You're not re- ready to die all the way yet. But I believe that tonight God wants some of you to release your will to him to let him lead you to let him take you to where he wants you to go I remember I used to tell my wife I said you know what? we're going out we're going to take a city one day she goes see you later I don't know who you're going with right because I, I was like yeah I'm going, we're going, I'm going out we're going out we're going to take a city we're going to do God's work she said, I remember, I remember her telling, for a while she said, she said that. 
And but I knew God had called me, and I said, you know what? I, I learned that you know what? Give it to God. God's gonna do the work. Amen. And I remember the day she said, You know we're going, right? Those are her words to me. You know we're going. And I was like, Yeah, we're going. Because I was kind of like, man, is what is she still like? Is she going? Is she ready to go? Does she, you know? And uh, and I remember her saying, you know, you know they're we're, we're, you know we're going, right? And I was like, Yeah, we're going, amen. But it was little by little, God was taking her will away, and he was putting in his will putting in, you know, what God wanted to do in her life. Amen. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. And I believe tonight that, you know what, that God wants to do the same thing tonight. God wants to bring you a little closer. God is calling you. But you know what, sometimes we're stifling the work is because, you know what, we're saying, you know what, we're giving God that stiff arm. Amen. And we're saying, you know what, God, I'm not ready. But you know what, in actuality, you're going to end up spending more energy. You're going to end up spending more time. You know what? And you're going to end up right back in the same place where God is going to say, come on. Come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. I've got something great in store for you. Amen. But you know what's going to come through? Unity. Unity with your leaders. Unity with God. Unity with the church and everything that God wants to do. I want to open up the altars tonight. And you say, you know what, man? I want to release myself. I want to, you know what? I want to be a person of unity, man. I want to help build. I want to give my best. I want to give my all to help build this church, to help fill those seats upstairs amen to do the work that you've called me to do it's not about me but it's about god it's about the hurting people of the world and then we're going to pray in a minute a that you know what that god will change your heart tonight hallelujah